Welcome to The Art of Badassery, where I explore what it takes to live life on your own terms, break free from the status quo, and unleash your inner badass. Whether you're a rebel at heart or simply seeking inspiration to step outside your comfort zone, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Mahara Wayman, and each week I dive into the stories, insights, and strategies of those who have mastered the art of badassery and are living life to the fullest. They smile when no one is looking. Welcome to the Art of Badassery podcast. I'm your host, Mahara Wayman, and today's guest is Cindy Whitman, a San Antonio, Texas-based business owner, best-selling author, TV show host, entrepreneur, nonprofit startup coach, and more. As a former single parent and stepmom with a big family, she knows the challenges and the joys of parenting. Cindy is passionate about helping others find positivity in life and is the founder of Driving Single Parents, Inc., a nonprofit that provides reliable vehicles to single parents, changing their lives for the better. Join us as we talk about her journey and all of the things that she went through that brought her to where she is today. You're going to love her story. We'll also talk about her dedication to empowering single parents. Cindy, welcome to the show. I'm so pleased to have you here today. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to share all the things with you. Wonderful. Well, I guess the first thing I want to ask you is, because it came up twice in your bio, was this this deep desire to help single parents. Where did that stem from? Well, it actually goes way back to my childhood. So I was raised by a single mom who was disabled. And so for most of my life, we had, my mom had a disability check and she couldn't work. So we lived on the disability check, some government assistance and um, some child support in there, a little splash of that too. Um, But a lot of times we struggled, you know, we didn't have running water sometimes, sometimes we didn't have electricity, sometimes we didn't have food. And a lot of times we didn't have transportation. And so that was my early years. And, And it was generations of, you know, poverty that, I had kind of seen go on in my life. And so growing up, I would always try to figure out how to get to a better place. You know, how was I going to get to a better place? And of course I had the rule. I was never going to be a single parent ever. So of course the way to escape all these problems was to get married to the love of my life, the man who was going to be my knight in shining armor. So at a very young age, I ended up getting married and we had some kiddos and unfortunately took a turn for the worst and it ended up being a severely bad situation. It was a lot of domestic violence, a lot of mental abuse. And, um, but again, determined to never be a single parent and never have any of those struggles. I I stuck it out for quite some time. I would always tell myself the abuse was happening to me and he wasn't actually abusing my daughters. And so it was okay. And I could just cook better. I could just clean better. I could just do better. I could just shut my mouth more because I love to talk. <laughs> and so I, I had all of these uh, grand ways of fixing the situation, you know. But what I ultimately realized was I was pretty much putting a Band-Aid on a gaping wound. And it was never going to get better. And, and things were never going to be a white picket fence and a shiny, beautiful life. And so one day I was actually folding clothes and I was a stay-at-home mom and listening to Dr. Phil, of course. And Dr. Phil said something that day that changed my life. And what he said was, it's better to come from a broken home than it is to grow up in one. 
And literally the minute I heard those words, I got up, I got a basket of clothes, a bag of diapers, and me and my daughters left. And we built a new life for ourselves. And it was really just in that moment that I realized that although I was avoiding single parenthood, and although I was avoiding a lot of other things that I had gone through in my life, um, I was dragging my daughters along this journey, teaching them how people are supposed to treat them and teaching them that that was okay. And I just knew in that moment that that I just I had to get out of there. So going through, and I know I'm long-winded here, but I'm getting to my point. <laughs> I Going through all of that, um, I ended up working two jobs for myself through college, just really trying to make sure that I wasn't going to be any of the things he told me I was going to be, which was going to be stupid. Nobody wanted me. I was never going to get anywhere. I was going to be on government assistance like my mama. The girls were going to suffer because of my choices. And I was bound to determine that I was going to prove him wrong. And I was going to prove to myself and my daughters that we could do this. And so I got through all of that hard time. I got myself into a little bit of a better place. And all the while I'm going through this single parent journey, I'm thinking to myself, like I had this tug that was just telling me, like, you need to do something. You've got to do something to help other single parents when you get to a better place. So when I did, I initially really wanted to do childcare because I, I thought that was my biggest need as a single parent. You know, you can't do anything to get to a better place without that childcare. Um, but I ran a poll here in San Antonio and nobody could get excited about a nonprofit focused on that. And they just assume government assistance handles it already. There's all these grants and all kind of stuff. And unfortunately, there's a lot of long waiting lists and lack of funding. And even though those programs exist, and I'm glad that they do, they're hard to really utilize. Um, but again, what is a good nonprofit if nobody wants to donate, right? So I specifically remember that moment whenever I decided I was going to do something for single parents, which was I ended up founding that nonprofit, driving single parents uh, to give away cars, because I wanted to make sure that whatever I did, it wasn't going to be something small that was just going to get them to tomorrow or something small that was going to get them to next week. I really wanted to do something that was going to be more than what I said earlier, which is that Band-Aid on that gaping wound. And that's how at dinner one night I ended up having the idea. I stood up and I said, that's it. I'm going to give away cars to single parents. And that night I went home, I built the website. Um, I came up with a business plan. I gave away a car less than a month later. Okay. He, amazing. Story. <laughs> and I wanted to break in and go kind of like Oprah and you get a car and you get a car. <laughs> yeah. But I, I do want to jump. I want to dive in a little bit more to the actual nonprofit. But at this point, I'm curious, and I, I'm sure our listeners are curious too. Take us back. You're a little girl. You mentioned generational poverty, growing up with a single mom, disabled, lots of struggles there. Lots. What do you think was, what was it that gave you the impetus to say, I'm going to do something different? Because I think there's a lot of people that wouldn't have gone that route. They would have said, hey, this is my life. This is the best I can get. This is the best I can do. Can you, can you take us back to a time when you maybe first realized that you did have a choice? Yes. Um, well, I honestly, I don't know the moment, but I, I remember as a kid constantly seeing like other people weren't, you know, dumpster diving for their belongings because they just got evicted. People's cars weren't getting towed away with their mom in it because it was being repossessed. You know, other people had food and clothes and clean hair. And I, I started to realize that like, hey, like something's not right here. How did they do that? And my mom would always say, oh, those are the rich people. You know, those those people over there, the rich people. So I got to thinking like, 
how am I going to figure out how to get, get to that? And so I would ask people, I would just walk up to random strangers and say, hey, how did you get those nice shoes? How did you get that nice car? How did you get that nice house? How, how did you do that? And each and every one of them said something very significant, which was, I have a good job. And I kept thinking, man, I might be only eight years old, but I got to get me one of those as soon as I possibly can. And so that's kind of where the, the, the spark kind of started. You know what I love about that story is it's telling me that even at the tender age of eight, you were willing to ask and be observant. And for all of us, you know, would be badasses or already badasses, those are key. Will, being willing to ask for help or just ask for clarity, for clarification, like, what does this mean? How did you get that? And also when every time I think, every time you ask for help or show interest, you're telling the world that you matter. And to me, those many of our listeners will know that this already, that's the backbone of being a badass is recognizing that regardless of our circumstances, I'm here, I matter. So I love that you were able to capture that, even if you couldn't articulate it at eight and how, why would you be able to articulate it? But it sounds like that was a really powerful beginning to your journey out of generational poverty. Yeah. Certainly. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. I think it's also in the taking action, you know, you see something and then taking action. And I, I know a lot of people I've come across, you know, have a hard time with that bridge into action because for whatever reason, they're a little, you know, hesitant to, to take that step, you know, to ask the questions that are needed. It can be really scary to take action. What I've learned is action is great, but if it's not aligned action, then it can be a bit of a, a time. I don't want to say time waster because we learn from everything, but action is great. But when you can align that action with your ultimate goal and have it be, you know, close to your heart and have it be part of your core values, then it's even more powerful. It's even better. So, so true. Yeah. That's, that's really exciting. I'm curious, how was your mom as she watched you progress into a different lifestyle than she was able to offer you growing up? Um, well, I believe that, you know, she's been, she's always, she was always very proud of me, very proud of everything that I did and all that I accomplished. And, um, I, I don't think she understood that she also had the power. I feel like she laid down a lot to, to the world and felt like the power was outside of her. And instead of her looking inside of herself and how she could better her life and her circumstances, she always believed that it was outside of her. She was always looking for external circumstances to fix her, change her life and her position in life. And so I don't think she ever really knew that she had that power. So she would tell me a lot, you know, well, we're not all like you, Cindy. We're not all like you. Um, she passed away from COVID at age 61, um, which was a hard hit. But, you know, she was always such a wonderful mom as far as being loving and caring and kind. And I never had any problems with violence or anything like that in my, my childhood. It's just, just bad with money and didn't have a lot of it. <laughs> so first of all, I'm sorry for your loss. 61 seems you. very, very young. Very young. I do believe that we, I'm going into woo-woo land here, but I do believe <laughs> as spirits choose the families that we are born into for lessons and, and learning. Your mom's no longer with us. What would you say in retrospect, she taught you? Like, why did you choose her to be your mom? 
I think a lot of moms teach you how to be, and my mom taught me how not to be in a lot of ways. In a lot of ways, you know, the kindness and compassion is there. Um, that that my mom is was very kind and compassionate. Um, but I think that in a lot of ways, she really taught me all the ways to not be. I, I would literally watch her make mistake after mistake after mistake financially. Um, and I would think like, I would even tell her like, mom, you know, I know I'm only 10 years old, but I'm telling you, if you do this, we're not going to have money for groceries at the end of the month. Like we have to do make these other choices. And so um, I don't really know why, um, why I chose her uh, or why we ended up together. But I do know that I did learn a lot of valuable lessons that I feel like have carried me through. Well, what some was tough situations? It's, it's a totally tough situation. What was coming through my mind was, wow, you, your goal now, you've talked about it already, is to help single parents. Your mom was a single parent. And sometimes mm -hmm. our lessons are the back end, like it's the flip. And I totally appreciate that, appreciate your saying, hey, it's not so much what I learned that I wanted more of, I learned what I didn't want. And that's mm -hmm. also very powerful, right? Very. Yeah, sometimes we learn the most from the mistakes we make. We learn less from the good times and more from the bad times. I agree 100%. I mean, one of my favorite sayings is, it stops being a mistake the minute you learn from it. Mm -hmm. Not yep. the easiest lesson, but if you, if you right. can change your mindset and sort of have that thought that, you know what? Yeah, that really sucked what I did or what happened to me. However, um, I now know, you know, not to do that or not to put myself in that situation, or I now know how better to handle that. So yeah, this is what I learned and this is how I grew, you know, and that's, you know, you either learn or you grow. So what's the example? Can you share with us another example of this either learn or grow from your past? Um, well, I would say one of my big mottos is always to say, when nothing goes right, go left. And I've done a lot of lefts in my life, I've done a lot of lefts. And so I never have seen a situation as an end all be all. I've always seen it as, darn, that sucked. But <laughs> when nothing goes right, go left. You know, I just go the opposite way and find a, another way. And sometimes the left turns out better than the right ever could have. Do you remember, you may be too young for this, but do you remember the Seinfeld episode where George Costanza says to Jerry, that's it. I'm just going to do the opposite of what I wanted to originally do because nothing I do works out. So whatever my initial I, instinct is, I'm going to do the opposite. Have <laughs> you seen that episode or have you heard of it? I haven't seen that episode, but I did watch Seinfeld and I do like it. That's oh my gosh, funny. it's brilliant yeah. because... And of course, by the end of it, George got the girl, got a new job. He got, you know, all of these amazing things happened because he went against what he initially wanted to do. So I, I love this idea of when nothing goes right, go left. That's beautiful. <laughs> when I was reading your bio, I was kind of blown away by how much you have accomplished. Can you tell us a little bit more about the TV show that you host? What's that all about? Yeah, let me give you the nitty gritty. <laughs> so I actually didn't know until I was much older, I didn't realize that I have a fear of public speaking. But when I, I became the founder and CEO of Driving Single Parents, of course, I had to speak every chance I could. And I hated it. <laughs> and I would, I just hated it. I would try so hard to avoid or, or, you know, shift that off to somebody else. Well, I made a commitment to myself in September of last year that I was going to get over this fear of public speaking. And I was just going to say yes to interviews and I was just going to do it afraid. And so I had decided that's what I was going to do. So very short order after that, I was offered um, a book deal to um, write in this book called Is Shattering, uh, Shattering the Stigma of Single Motherhood. And at first, what I say, no, I'm author. I'm 
really, I'm no author. There's no way I could do that. But then I remembered, I said, I was going to say yes to everything. And I really am passionate about shattering the stigma of single parenthood because guess what? None of us wake up in the morning and say, guess what I'd love to be today? A single parent. Heck no, it's one of the hardest jobs you can have. So I ended up writing in that book and it was such a cool experience. I really enjoyed it. Um, and then I just kept telling myself every opportunity that was presented for me to speak or or talk or whatever, I would do it. Well, I was offered another book. And again, I said, no, I'm not an author. I just did the last one because, you know, I felt like, you know, I, I had to say, yes, don't ask again. So I ended up doing another book called How to Overcome Self-Sabotage. Because again, I am passionate about overcoming self-sabotage. I feel like it's something we all have in us and it's a constant um, a very conscious decision every day to not let it take over for me at least. And I know a lot of other people have that same experience. So I said, yes, again, well, then uh, the same people that I wrote the books with is she rises studios, which they are a mommy daughter duo who actually birthed this beautiful publishing company through COVID together, which is such a beautiful story. They decided their goal, their manifestation goal was to start their own network. And so they came to me and they said, Cindy, you know, Hey, we're doing this thing. We're going to start, you know, be, having a network. We're looking for hosts. Would you be interested? And of course I said, no, are you crazy? I don't do public speaking. I'm terrified of public speaking. And I darn sure don't have any hosting abilities or TV or, or any knowledge or understanding of even what that would take to do. Like, forget it. But again, once again, I decided, I said, I was going to say, yes, I'm just going to do it afraid. I took the leap and I've been doing it ever since. They really laid it out for me in a very simple way, which was you get to pick your own title to your show. You get to pick what you want the premise to be, what the show is going to be about. You get to pick your own guests. You get to pick everything about the show if you'll just do it. So they removed all obstacles. And so I had no choice but to say yes. And I really just sat down with myself and I was like, well, if I was going to do a TV show, what would I do? What would it be about? And immediately it came to me. It was like, if I could highlight ordinary people doing extraordinary things to help others, shine a light on all of these incredible people who are out there every day making this world a better place, that would be worth swallowing my fear and doing it afraid. So that's what I've been doing and I love it. I feel like we need to have t-shirts that say, I'm doing this afraid. <laughs> yeah. What a beautiful story. What is Thank the name you. of the show? It's called Little Give. So Little Give with Cindy. And it's on um, Apple TV, Roku, Fire Stick. You can do it any. You can get it anywhere where internet is available. You can find it on PhoenixTV.app. Um, it airs in over 127 countries, and I also spun it off into a podcast so we could get the good message out to other people, uh, more people. And I think that's so important because I feel like in today's day and age, there's, you know, bad news sales. And so there's so much bad news and we're constantly inundated with all this bad news that some people can start to feel like scared of this world. And so I think that my show's mission is really to show people that, hey, you know what? All that bad news, that's over there. We're over here. We're over here spreading kindness. We're over here helping each other. We're over here lifting each other as we climb. This is what it's all about. Uh, so beautiful. I, I'm excited. I can't wait to check it out. I would love to know a little bit more about how you actually, and I'm sure our listeners would like to know this as well. It's once you've done it, it's pretty easy to say, yeah, just do it scared. But how do you, in that moment, when you've got that clutch in your tummy, I'm assuming that it, it's there. How do you actually get over that? Because so many of us 
stifle our lives because of that fear, because of the limiting beliefs, because of, you know, this, this idea of imposter syndrome, or I'm just not good enough. So what are you actually doing to talk your way through that? Is there something, is there a specific modality that you're using? I'm just super curious. Yeah. So there's two things. And I guess the first one would be that nobody was ever good the first time they did anything. First podcast I ever did, I was terrible at it. <laughs> first interview you ever gave, I didn't do too well. Most everything is practice makes perfect. And so if you could just swallow it and tell yourself that, you know what, I'm not going to be great up front. And neither was any of the greats out there. They didn't show up one day and just be great. It took intention. It took time. It took action. It took you taking a lot of yourself and putting yourself into it and doing the work to make it happen. So uh, it's okay. It's only temporary. It's not forever. But the big one I always use in my everyday life, just like I told you a moment ago about when nothing goes right, go left. My other one is um, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. And that's by Henry Ford. And it really is exactly life, in my opinion, because if you think you can't do something, you can't. And if I had said, I, I really am not ever going to be able to be a TV show host, I wouldn't be. And if I ever said, you know, I'm definitely never doing that. I know I can't write a book. I never would have written three international bestsellers. You know, all the things I've done, start a nonprofit. If I didn't convince myself that I could, I would be right. And I would never have been able to do it. So we're going to take a short break right now, but I'll be back with my guest within 60 seconds. Ladies, unlock your inner badass and transform your life with my monthly subscription workshop. For just $47 a month, you'll have exclusive access to work closely with me, Mahara Wayman, as we dive deep into all things badass from personal development to conquering your goals. Imagine waking up every day with confidence, purpose, and a smile that radiates your newfound strength. Take advantage of this badass opportunity and join us today at www.mindfulnesswithmahara.com and start your journey toward a happier, more confident you. Smile when no one is looking. You've earned it. So I mentioned that you're a nonprofit startup coach. I'm curious, are you also a mindset coach? Because what you're talking about is classic mindset work. You know, you can have a <laughs> mindset or you can have a growth mindset. You can recognize that everything is an opportunity and you can recognize the power and the energy of the universe, how things, how things work. I'm curious, do you do that as well in your coaching practice? So I do do um, life and confidence coaching. And then um, I also help people with manifesting. Let's talk about manifesting because <laughs> Cindy has a brand new book and I, <laughs> I love the title. Tell us about <laughs> your new book and the okay, so of why you wrote this particular book. Okay, so um, the title of the book is called Is Manifesting Bullshit? And so the, the funny part about the book is, is my, I had already written two bestsellers and one of my older daughters, like I said, like I might have mentioned earlier, I have six kids and three grandkids. Um, whenever my daughter said, hey, mom, you know, it'd be cool if we write a book together. I was like, you want to? She said, yes. So then we talked to my other daughter. Hey, you want to too? Okay, great. So we decided to do this book project together. And, and Kimberly had initially said, you know, I have this title I picked out I really want to use. And so we were going to try to use it, but then it was already taken. So we went, you know, back and forth manifesting our new book idea and um, came up with that. Like our very first, all three of us, very first thing we thought about manifesting was, is that bullshit? 
And so we just were like, hey, that's a perfect title. Is manifesting bullshit? Let's try to answer the question. And so that's kind of how it all came to be. Um, back whenever I talked to you first about, you know, I escaped that domestic violence situation and I was, you know, working two jobs for myself through college. And I was really, once again, you know, like I did when I was a kid going, how did you get those nice clothes? How did you, you know, and trying to learn how to get myself from level to better. And um, I had heard about The Secret, which is a, a, I don't know if you've heard of it, a movie or a show that came out in a book. And um, I heard Oprah Winfrey was the first one to ever say it where I heard her. And uh, I thought, who in the world would believe that crap? That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Well, fast forward when I was in that struggling state and I was selling plasma twice a week just to put food on the table and working those two jobs, going to college, I was doing all of those things. And I just was like, how am I going to get myself out of this situation? I'm pretty desperate. And I thought, well, let me just try that secret thing. So I did. So I watched the movie again. I, I read the book and I thought, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to do a vision board. I'm going to do all of the, the things that this thing recommends. So I did that for months. Nothing happened. Not one thing. So I had that gratitude rock. I skipped it off into a pond on the side of the highway. I tore up that stupid check I'd written out to myself. I ripped down that vision board and thought, man, I can't believe I wasted my time on this crap. Well, fast forward a little bit more. I was there like, I really have got to do something. So I ended up listening to Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill on an audible version. And I started to get it. Oh, I get it now. It's about taking action. Nothing's going, no purple elephant is landing in your living room. You know, no brand new car is going to pop into your driveway because you're now manifesting. No, 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 no. You have to figure out what you want. And then you have to set your intentions. And then you have to take actionable steps towards it to actually make it manifest into your life. It's not a sit back and wait for them to deliver your, you know, medal from running a beautiful marathon. No, no, no. <laughs> you have to actually go out and run that marathon. So once I got that part, I, I listened to The Secret again. I read the book again. And I was like, okay, I think I got it. It's all about gratitude. That's what that's what one of the main components, in my opinion, is. And so I started just, you know what, this time, I'm not going to try to get that new car in the driveway. What I'm going to do is I'm going to be grateful for everything I already have. Once I started to feel that gratitude, I really started to see, oh, like if people open the door for me all of a sudden. It just, this feeling of you start to see the good. Um, it didn't happen right away. And in fact, I had a little bit of a, an issue with my brain still wanting to go back to those negative thoughts. And so I actually took a simple rubber band and put it on my wrist. And every time I'd have a negative thought, I'd snap that rubber band. And eventually it triggered my brain like, hey, we don't like that. <laughs> So it would just stick with that positive. And it really started to make a big change in my life and really shifted. And I started to show it to my daughters and they, they really rolled their eyes and thought I was crazy. Um, but then now we, all three of us, them as grown women and mothers themselves um, have gotten together to write the book about how manifesting worked for us, how we first came to know about it and the way we ended up using it in our lives to better our situations. Well, that's so much fun. It's such a great title. And we were talking earlier, I remember I grew up with Oprah and Dr. Phil. I'm a lot older than you, but I, I, I'm part of that generation. I have been on a journey of personal growth for over 30 years. And the first book I read was from Louise Hay, who was like the grandmother of affirmations. You Can Heal Your Life was the book that I read. I grew up in a family where my dad was always telling me, that's not your business, that's the universe's business. You know, be careful what you say, be careful what you think, Mahara, because you'll create it. I didn't have a clue what he was talking about, but that's how I grew up. So I grew up as a teenager with my dad. We're going for a drive and he would say, remember, think good parking spot. And I'm like, yes, dad. 
parking, parking, really? parking, great parking yeah. spot. And of course, <laughs> we'd get a great parking spot. So I'm very familiar with this with this idea of manifesting. But the real, when it really hit home was when I had a, a coach say to me, and yes, people, I have my own coach. She said to me, Mahara, look around your world right now. What do you see? And I'm like, well, I'm in my, you know, I described, I described my home. So what else do you see? And I sort of talked about my life. She goes, that life is one that you've manifested based on your thoughts from years ago. The good, the bad, the indifferent, whatever you have in your world, you've actually manifested it. And that was just okay. such a different way of looking at things. I'm like, but wait a second. I'm really struggling right now, which is why I have a coach. Like, how did I manifest that? So it was the beginning of the understanding that we are what we think. Mm -hmm. Our thoughts have power. Our language has power. And what I love about this idea of gratitude is that we raise our vibe when we're happy. Everybody knows that, right? It takes yeah. the minute you think of something, every, your face lights up, energy goes up. And there is some chemicals in your body released to tell you that you're safe and you're happy and everything is good. The challenge, I think, for most of us or many of us is that because of life circumstances, because we're spiritual beings having a human existence, tough things happen. And it is it can be very easy to forget that there's a lot of beauty and joy and things in the world for us to be grateful for. So I love that you've reminded us that being grateful, having an attitude of gratitude is like one of the first things in manifestation you it want to really focus is. on what's on what's good versus what's not you always want to focus on what you want more of in your life versus what you don't because a friend said this to me the other day actually on a podcast as well she's like the universe doesn't have a sense of humor it just it just does what you say it does it gives you what you ask for so be really careful on what you're what you're asking for and having an attitude of gratitude makes it that much easier okay we've talked about the name of the book. When can we expect this book to come out if it hasn't already? So the ebook came out on October 10th, but the paperback is going to come out on November 21st. And we're actually already hit bestseller and we've already hit international bestseller for the ebook so far. So it's doing really well. But what we're trying to do is hit the New York Times bestseller list. And that is a campaign where we have to sell 10,000 books in that first seven days. So starting on the 21st, in seven days, we have to sell 10,000 actual paperback copies. So that's what we're working towards right now. So you'll be able to see it out in Amazon, major retailers, anywhere you buy books um, on November the 21st. Well, congratulations for that. That is a huge accomplishment. And I can't wait to get my copy because I don't think manifesting is bullshit. I believe in it. And I'm working on it myself to manifest this beautiful business, this podcast. I had an idea for this podcast like what, five years ago. I just put it on the back burner. I wasn't ready for it. And then in the spring, all of a sudden I had a download. It's time. And I, you know, I just knew it was easy to put together. I got the name, got the artwork, put it all together. So when it's right, it's right. But for those That's of right. you listening, if you're interested, The Secret is a classic book, but there's lots and lots of books on the subject, but it does start with having an attitude of gratitude. You mentioned that you're a grandma. What the heck? I cannot even believe that. But yes. What I have four. You've got four grandkids? I have three and one on the way. Oh my God, that's amazing. What do you like most about yourself today? I think that 
one of the things I really like about myself is that I have this desire, like this, it's it's not even a want. It is a burning desire to help other people. It's just, it's just something in me. I don't know where I got it or why it's there, but it really fires me up every day to keep going and keep growing and keep doing what I need to do to, to continue to lift others who are ready to be lifted. Beautiful. Another question that's popping into my mind, because if you haven't already figured this out, peeps, I do everything by the seat of my pants. But I want to go back to your nonprofit. You started this as all about transportation. Can you share with us some, some stories that really prove to your, your point that transportation is key in helping a single parent? Absolutely. I give you a couple. So one is going to be that uh, the very first car we gave away, like I said, it was a little bit less than a month after I had the idea. Um, it went to a gentleman who actually was hit by a drunk driver. And in that accident, he actually lost his wife, his car and his right leg. Um, suddenly he became a single dad overnight. And suddenly he became, you know, stuck with a lot of really major handicap needs. Um, he lost his independence with all of that. And it, it was such a difficult struggle for him. But when I gave him that car, it gave him back that sense of hope. And, and I know it sounds kind of silly, but it also gave him that sense of like independence again, like I can do this. I can take care of my kids. I can get them to appointments. I can. And still to this day, six and a half years later, he still drives that SUV. I bought him six and a half years ago. So such a great story, hardworking man, wonderful. One of my favorite parts about this nonprofit is the, the, the pictures I get. I get pictures of a selfie of them in the car with it raining outside saying, look, Cindy, we'd be at the bus stop right now waiting in this if it wasn't for you and your organization. Or them at the grocery store for the first time after they got their car, like we're at the grocery store by ourselves and we didn't have to beg anybody to bring us here. I've gotten pictures of the first day of school where the kids are are grateful and then given a video. Hey, Cindy, we're so thankful for you and the organization because today I normally would have had to be dropped off by a family member, but because my mom had to take the bus to get you know where she needed to go. So today I'm riding with my mom and she's able to drop me at school. Things like that, uh, the college graduations I get invited to where these single parents, they don't just take this car and run off. We actually have four um, board members who are previous recipients who help us give back um, through the nonprofit. We have another one who's joining on, in January. And so that's another brief story I'll share with you that is just for me, I mean, what a what a wonderful story for all around. But for me as a person, this was like one of the highlights of my life and my time, you know, with this nonprofit. Um, back in 2020 during COVID, we gave away a car to a young lady named Latika. And Latika got that car and she was in college and she ends up doing wonderful things. Well, she joins our board right away because she wants to give back. Even though she has her own single parent struggles and she's, you know, trying to get through the day like a lot of us, um, she wanted to give back. So she hops on the board helps us with fundraising. She ends up becoming the vice president of philanthropy on our board of directors. Fast forward to this year in July. Um, well, she before July, but she ends up telling me, hey, Cindy, guess what? I've graduated college now. I've gotten married. I'm in a much better place. I bought myself a car and now I want to donate the car back to driving single parents that you gave me. So she donated. She could have traded it in. She could have sold it. She could have done anything. She donated that car back to driving single parents, and we blessed another single parent family with the very same car on July 8th of this year. So talk about a full circle moment. Talk about how the power of the ripple effect. You know, we 
gave to her and she gave back to driving single parents in so many different ways. And then she gave back the very same car and then blessed another family who is one of the families who sent me that picture on the first day of school with gratitude that mom was able to take her. What a fantastic story. Yeah. Now, is this only in San Antonio or is it, has it branched out to be a little bit bigger? We're only in San Antonio for now, but boy, am I working hard to expand. I really want to expand as much as we possibly can. I know that, and a lot of people think that a car is a luxury item, but in San Antonio, Texas, it's not a luxury item. And in fact, it can be quite the opposite. It can make single parents be late to work where they lose their employment. It can make it impossible for them to uh, join uh, boards or go to the PTA or get their kid to extracurriculars or go see family out of town or uh, go to college, you know, all the things that can really up-level their lives without that transportation. Oftentimes friends and family just stop answering the phone because they're tired of carting you around. So it's really a need. And, and all of the single parents we've helped so far have used it as a tool to take their life and their family to the next level. Oh my goodness. This is such a great feel good story. I want to go back though to, I had asked you what it is that you love about yourself and thank you for sharing. I'm curious though, is there anything that you are still working on that you are, that you, you know, you're willing to share with us? Because sometimes I worry that, and, and I'm speaking from my own experience, people have looked at me and gone, well, you're, you're so lucky. You got a great life. And they have no clue that I've had insecurities or struggle with anything. And I think it's a real, you know, even now mental health has really become a, a topic. We're realizing how many of us really need support. So I'm just curious, is there anything that you are still working on? And I don't use the word struggling because that's, that's a bit of a judgment, but you know, just curious because there's so many great badass things in your life right now. Do you notice that as you grow your, your world and your impact, is there anything that's popping up that you're kind of like, oh, is that popping up again? I don't know about again, but every day. Yeah, every day. I mean, every day it is a conscious effort for me to do all the things that I do with a smile. I mean, I am not perfect. I, I had a car accident recently. I mean, I've had flat tires. I'm just like everybody else. We all have our struggles. And I think that the thing that I'm able to do the best is to pivot. And when nothing goes right, go left. And it's not perfect. And it's not easy all the time. And sometimes there's a struggle. Sometimes there's a challenge. Sometimes I, you know, have my own self-limiting beliefs. Like, can I really do this? Am I really doing this? When somebody reads the intro about me, like you did a moment ago, I think, are they talking about me? Sometimes I'll read a magazine I got covered in and I'm like, I want to meet this person. Oh, wait, that's me. And it's so outside of myself. It feels so weird. And it feels like imposter syndrome big time, a lot of times. And so, no, I'm not perfect. No, I don't have it all figured out. And when things go wrong, sometimes it's not always that easy to just switch it to, okay, everything's going to be okay, like sunshine and rainbows. But I know that by making a conscious effort to, to see the positive, to have the gratitude, it doesn't stick around as long as it would if I didn't. Thank you for saying that. And those of you, you know, that can appreciate what it's like to, sometimes we have to pretend, right? Sometimes we pretend, we pretend that we're happy or we pretend that we get what's going on in the world, in our world. So I, thank you for sharing that, you know, it, it ain't always easy. But what I'm hearing from everything that you've shared, Cindy, and I think this is really key, is we all have choices. You know, we can choose to 
insist on going right, even when it doesn't go right, you know, we're, yeah. we're going to do it this way, or we can give ourselves permission to pivot. You used that word just recently. And I think pivoting is another key component to being badass is recognizing and giving yourself permission to, okay, that didn't work, but that doesn't make me a bad person. I screwed That's up. Right. Doesn't make me a bad person going right, going right, going right. That's actually, I kind of want to go left now. And it's okay to pivot. It's okay to change. It's okay to ask for help. I think to me, that's, that's key. So thank you for, for sharing that. What of course. And yeah, it's sometimes that's so much more fun to go left because, you know, get a little off-roading under your belt. Sometimes, like I said earlier, it's like more, it turns out to be a more beautiful story than I ever thought it would because I learned so much along the way. And that's what this journey is all about, right? It's all about learning as we go. It's not really, yeah. you mentioned it earlier that you felt your mom really focused on when I get this, then I'll be happy on the inside. I just need all that outside stuff. And what I'm hearing, Cindy, is that you learned from a very early age that it's actually the opposite. When you it recognize is. your greatness first and you can be appreciative and um, recognize you know, you do need to know what it is that you want and you do need to, to work towards it. Aligned action is key. But when you can do that, then the outside stuff comes now. It just comes, right? It does. And recognizing your own power is something that I know that a lot of people, including myself, have struggled with is realizing that everything that you ever wanted is all inside of you. It's not outside. It's everything is inside of you and you get the opportunity to create the experience you want to have. So many people are disempowered and feel like they give that control to somebody else. Like you said a moment ago, you know, when I get that car or when I get that nice house or when, I, oh yeah, it's easy whenever you have all the money, when you have those attitudes and those thoughts that something outside of you is going to make you feel a certain way, those are very short-lived. If you can harness your own power and go within and realize you are far more badass and far more powerful than you even know, even on your best day, when you can figure that out, and when you can go within yourself and go deep, that's whenever you start to experience the life that you want to have. Couldn't have said it better myself. All right. What is next for you? You've done, you've got a TV show. You've written a couple of best-selling books. Well, outside of making manifest, is manifesting bullshit a number one bestseller on, with, on the New York Times bestseller list? Is there anything else that we have to look forward to with, with you in the coming year? Yeah, I have a few things going on. So obviously I'm growing that TV show. I'm having so much fun with that. I have another podcast called Is Manifesting Bullshit because how fun is it to interview people from around the world about manifesting and hear all the different sides, the skeptics, the people who are believers, the people who have stories to say it doesn't work or it does. It's a super fun thing. So I'm growing that. Love it. Um, of course, I have my business, CFUs, that I um, do all kinds of great things. I do a lot of speaking events, a lot of um, engagement. I love doing that because I really feel like I want to help others. I love to empower people. So that, and then the, the three things that are coming up in the next year, um, in addition to all that, is I'm writing another, I'm, I'm writing another book that's going to come out in February. I'm part of a, a thing called A Hundred Voices. And um, it's a, a a baby of She Rises Studios, which I mentioned earlier, the publishing company, the mommy-daughter duo, um, they are doing this 100 Voices, which is all about showing people's voices from women around the world. You write your own independent book, and they're going to turn into a docu-series, and uh, so I'm part of that collaboration. It's going to be so much fun, really shining a light on 
all the different stories and all the different voices out there that can make an impact. So there's that. And then I am also a beekeeper, which you may not know about me, but I'm a beekeeper and it's so much fun. Um, so in mid-2024, uh, I am releasing a children's book that's all about bees. So that's my second thing. And then the third thing is I have another book that's coming out that's going to be basically like a manifesting is, is manifesting bullshit 2.0 or busted. I am not sure that you're doing enough. Honestly, Cindy, we got to chat. <laughs> No, it's amazing. And I, it, folks, I hope you realize that about 20 minutes ago, she said, oh, no, I'm not an author. I don't write. <laughs> yeah, and that's how I felt. Things that are coming up in, for you in 2024 all include writing. Cindy, thank you so much for all that you are doing to make a difference in the world. Your nonprofit sounds amazing. And I'm so impressed that you chose to think outside of the box and found something that you knew from experience would really make a difference to single parents' lives. That's really, that's that's just pretty darn smart. So yay for you. Best of luck on all of your endeavors, the book, the TV show. And I just want to thank you for sharing your story with us today because you are absolutely badass. To recap people, the number one thing that she said about being badass was this understanding of being grateful for whatever it is that you have in the moment. She also talked about recognizing that you, when you know what you want, you do need to take aligned action towards it. And if that means asking for help, go for it. And the third thing she said about being badass, which I love, and I mentioned maybe get in a t-shirt was um, when everything, when you can't go, what was it? Something going right. When nothing goes right. Go left. When nothing goes right, go left. Okay. You heard it here. Not first, because she's been saying it for ages, but three great tips on how to develop badassery in your life. Cindy, thank you for joining me today. Folks, my name is Mahara. This has been The Art of Badassery. Check the show notes for all of the great things that she's doing and how you can connect with Cindy. And I will see you next week on The Art of Badassery. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for tuning in to The Art of Badassery. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and gained valuable insights to help unleash your inner badass. If you found this podcast helpful, please leave a rating or review on your favorite platform. Your feedback not only helps me improve the show, but it also helps others like yourself discover the podcast. Until next time, keep embracing your authenticity and living life on your terms. Here's to you. Thank you.